Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. And today we have a first on the podcast. We have talked about a lot of different kinds of diabetes over the years and have learned a lot as a result. But there was one, and there's probably more, uh, gaps in our types of diabetes that we've talked about. And that gap is Modi. So our very special guest today, who's going to be teaching us about Modi and talking about her story, Rena. You guys may know her as Rena, the rock hard diabetic, as one of the most supportive members of the diabetes online community that I have seen. So, Rena, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be part of the show. And I'm late. This is my first podcast. So, I'm excited. Well, I'm so excited that we get to be your first pod. So, let's kind of start where we start. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and like in what part of the, the world that you're calling in from. And then we'll start at your diagnosis, which I know is not as straightforward as many of the diagnoses that we see. Yes, my diagnosis is definitely a little rocky. I am from Rhode Island. I've been an athlete all my life, soccer. Recently, I mean, last couple of years, I got very heavily into yoga and meditation with the diabetes community. And that's pretty much it. I'm a special ed teacher in Rhode Island. Awesome. So let's start because I know I definitely want to talk and get into mindfulness and meditation. I know that you are, are friends with the and, and a member of the Diabetes Sangha community and very active in that community, mindfulness, uh, breath work, meditation. But let's start a diagnosis because I am curious and I know many of our listeners will also be curious to learn more about Modi. So my diabetes journey started in like 2007 because I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes with my daughter, which my doctors were thought was really rare because I was very healthy and I started off on insulin like straight away, like, and it was very hard to control, even though I was very healthy runner beforehand. So they thought that that was very like interesting and they were like, mm. and so, but then that kind of went away. So we thought. And unbeknownst to us, it was really probably Modi, not gestational, not type one. So then fast forward to, I was like, I was 35 and it was, I had just come off running a marathon and my mom was, had just passed away. And a couple months prior to that, I was um, diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease so I they I had gone I had gotten an athlete injury my back was a little tweaky went for an MRI and they saw cysts on my kidneys and they were like okay you have cysts on your kidney so like all right I thought I had that diagnosis then a couple months later my mom had gotten sick and passed of cancer and I went back to, I was in summer school, like I teach, because I teach year round, and I was dealing with the other diagnosis. And basically the other diagnosis was my kidneys were still 100%. And they said that it was a slow progress, pro, pro, slow progressive condition and that I had to take, do high water intake and that there was nothing at the time you could do. It was kind of like a wait and see, just remain as healthy as possible keep doing what you continue to do. So I said, okay, like I just, you know, had to roll the punches. And that was like the diagnosis. Meanwhile, my mom got sicker and passed. So 
that's where I was at. Fast forward, I'm at summer school. Just go for my yearly. I had lost a little bit of weight, but I didn't think that was a big deal because I was coming off the back surgery and I was getting active again, getting my back in shape. I started running again, so I was feeling better. What I thought, but I felt a little tired, but I didn't think that that was a big deal. And I lost 15 pounds, but I was heavier than I normally was with the back surgery. Was that so? Is that my like typical normal running weight? Well, <laughs> my PCP, who's also a close personal friend of mine, had left me a message. It was like, You need to come into the doctor's. Your blood sugar is 590. <laughs> but what was different was my antibodies were not po- po- like T1D positive. Like I didn't have the gag, but they were like, she's like, there's no way you're type type two. So like, you're kind of like in between. We're not sure, but we have to treat you like type one. So she was like, you need to be on insulin. So she didn't go the, the typical like ladder route where like, or the typical, like you think you're type two. She's like, you're, coming off running a marathon like we know that you can't be type two so she didn't send me down the like we're gonna give you metformin route she so she was like we have to treat you like type one so i got on i got on insulin right away like so that was the positive of the diagnosis that we we didn't have to deal with like all of that let me let me let me pause you for just a quick second because i want to ask you made a mm -hmm. really clear distinction like you had a personal relationship with your primary care physician and and you guys had known each other for for quite some time so do you think that that helped because like you said you weren't diagnosed as type two uh, it definitely it definitely helped because she she knew my background she also which she also had experience in diabetes she was a an mp a nurse practitioner so she was more personal and Prior to her being an MP, she was a Medtronic's pump rep. So she had experience in diabetes also. So she had a little bit more knowledge in the field than most people anyway. So she knew, and she knew me. So she knew that I was not a typical type two and she had experience with people too. And something else that I also want to talk about is that your symptoms and your story is kind of similar to my diagnosis where you're you're exerting yourself. So you're getting into shape. So the weight loss, you don't really note. And the, the fatigue, you kind of just assume is is due to getting back into shape and, and starting and back life, on your... And my mom was sick. Like, right. So yeah, all those things. So like, back. you know, when we talk about seeing the signs of diabetes, situation and context makes a big a big deal because you might be, you know, starting a, starting a new workout regimen. You might be dealing with personal life challenges and grief and, and stress. Or, you know, one of our guests many years ago, Oren Lieberman was hiking in Nepal and like was just over a long period of time, just felt like he should be tired. He should be, you know, losing weight because he, his lifestyle had changed. So when you're thinking about those diabetes signs, now we can all look back and say, yes, well, obviously it's diabetes, but in those moments, those, those, you know, individually, they don't seem like they're that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. It's just, you have to, it's, it's, it's like a string of things all together. So you mentioned, so that was the positive part of, of the diagnosis. And you're, you mentioned that you didn't test positive for the antibodies that would indicate that you're type one or, or, or LADA. And you, you were starting on a treatment plan like you were type one, but your doctor said, you know, Hey, there's something else here. We're not really sure what, what was the next part? So, of we went, so then they said, so I said, okay, like 
And then we went to, I went to Jocelyn Clinic, which is like, you know, jo Jocelyn is like renowned. Like, even though I'm in Rhode Island, I said, I'll go to Boston. Like, and I wanted to go on a pump right away. Like, that was non-negotiable. I was like, get me on a pump. Like, I want to start right away. I'm not doing shots. Like, like I want CGM. Like, they're like, you have to wait. And I was like, nope, nope, not happening. So, like, by the time my appointment with Jocelyn, I was already, they were like, you need to wait. And I was like, mm, the pump is already going to be in the mail. Like, I'm already going to be on the pump. They're like, oh, oh really? I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, my doctor kind of fast forwarded that for me real quick. Like, they're like, well, you have to, like, even when I was in the diabetes educating, they were, they were like, first they were doing like the, you know, the 50, like the plant. I was like, no, no, we're not doing that. Like, we're like getting carb counting, like right now. Like, I was like, I'm learning this quick. Like, we're, <laughs> I'm not like the first six weeks appointment. My A1C went from the 10 1 to a 6 5. Like, I brought my A1C down. Like, you really are Rena, the rock hard diabetic. You're no, I wasn't, you, you I, jump I, right I, in. When I go in, I go all in. Do you think that that had, okay, so for people like, there's a lot of people who have technology barriers. And I know for me, like, I couldn't get on a pump for a decade. So do you think that that had to do with the relationship that you had with your primary care provider? Or do you yeah, think also, and just my personality? And I was about to say your personality is like, I'm not, I am the person I was waiting for. I don't care what is on your agenda. Yeah. Rena has her own agenda. So do you have yeah, any like advice exactly. for people who's like, and I think it was where I was in that frame of mind. Like I needed, I need, the, but I also need the control. Like I'm, I loop. So like, right. It's it's about who your personality is. And I need the control. Okay. So you think, I was going to say, like, giving people, like, advocating for yourself is a skill that I think is learned. And yeah. it depends on, like, I think people who have had diabetes for longer get more used to advocating for themselves, whether that's with their doctor, with their employer, with their which, insurance yeah, company. Yeah, you have to do that, too, with your employer, definitely. I definitely have to do that, too. So I guess advice for you, like, did, did that come more naturally? I mean, I, th I think, you I know, think you... for me, it just did. I and only be, and, and it was the frame of mind of where I was at the, that particular time. I think because like I was a lot of like my mom was sick. She I, like, so it was just like at that time I could take control of that. I had no control of other things, other right. factors around me. So it was like, okay, I could see how that affected her, like how our cancer was. And how we ha we didn't have control about that. So it's like, I need to be the healthiest version of me because of my daughter, my family. Running was something I, like, like I ran. I can, I can do this. Like, I can just, I'm taking this on head on. So this is kind of a sidebar question, but I love to ask people when they have, like, a very strong personality. Rena, are you a fire sign? My no. chance, when, when's your, when's your I have to, I have to ask Sarah. She's good. Sarah, Sarah Pettis. She's a, uh, I'm a Libra. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. I don't know. You just come off very like, this is what we're doing. And if you're not going to give I'm, it to me. Teacher, so. Exactly. So maybe that's what it, I'm just trying to figure out how I can channel this and bottle it and maybe sell it. Because it sounds absolutely valuable. Because like, that's what wow. I like. That's even when later on when I when I did. Then that's how I had to advocate for the whole Modi diagnosis. Because then fast forward when things, my complications were adding up as to someone that shouldn't have all these complications because my A1C was always under six. 
So I shouldn't be having gastroparesis. I shouldn't be having dumping syndrome. I shouldn't be having neuropathy. I shouldn't be having like loss of magnesium where I have to have IV fluids twice a week. So talk to, talk to us about like, as you're, man, you know, you're managing your diabetes to, and taking control and using that very like type A arena mentality. Yeah. So my A1C below six, like which, which like, most people don't get. My, with Modi is a, Modi can involve many different things because Modi is genetic. Modi, like where diabetes, well, type one is auto, is autoimmune. We know Modi, there's more than one kind of Modi. So like me and say, Kylie, she's Modi three. I'm Modi five. Modi five is considered multi-symptomatic. So it has a little, I call, my Modi has a, has a lot of spice added to it because it has how the first step when we saw the kidneys, I had cysts on my kidneys. So my Modi involves, is multi-systematic. It involves my kidneys. It, it involves my pancreas, but it involves my pancreas in multiple ways. Like how Maya has to take Creon, I also have to take Creon because when, right during COVID, when I had to go to, I was hospitalized once during, twice during COVID with the dehydration, they did a MRI and CT of me and they saw that my pancreas was atrophic. So I have damage to my pancreas. So I still have my pancreas, but it's, 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 it looks like it's like diseased. It's, it, it's malformed. So that causes problems with my digestion. So let's talk about that, like genetic diabetes. Like, so MODI stands for maturity onset diabetes of the young, but you also delineated that there's multiple kinds. And you said that you, you live with MODI five uh, and others live with MODI three uh, or potentially other numbers. Yeah. Can there's you, other ones. Can you explain some of the differences between say MODI five for you and, and maybe MODI three or another number? Yeah, it, it's just, it, it's what form. So it's genetic, but it's it's the kind of deletion that you have on on your gene and then how much of it is deleted. So in my case, which is the shirt that I have on, I have the whole, I have the whole, my whole chromosome is affected. So I have a deletion on my chromosome. And when we did the genetic testing in my whole family, it, the gen it started with me and my daughter has the same deletion. So she will, it's a 90% chance that at some point, usually in her teens, 20s, she will develop Modi 5. I didn't develop it until I was 35. So she could develop it later. Most probably because they said, because I was so healthy as far as like exercise wise and whatnot that, that it was put off as long as it it was like goes at bay and then like 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 anything else like sometimes stress situations can pop it up that was a stressful year yeah it sounds like it yeah and that's so and so that's interesting too like that you're able to kind of know and have that awareness very similar to like an antibody test for for someone who's type one and has children or brothers and sisters, uh, and you know, yeah, it's like really antibodies. exact. And you're able to see like really exact in terms of like the time frame. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I think, wow. Okay. So I've never thought of diabetes and this is going to sound like extreme, but I've never thought of diabetes in the sense of like ticking time bomb disease. Like it just either happens or doesn't, it didn't, this sounds to me like something like Huntingdon's kind of, 
where they like diagnose it before you ever even have it. So I guess, does that have any kind of mental weight on you and your daughter? Like what kind of like your relationship? Like sometimes with she her? says she's like, I just wish I could get diabetes already. Hmm. She's like, she's like, cause I, cause I, it, it it's, it's gonna come. She's like, but she's like, I don't mind the diabetes, but like some of the other extra stuff that you have, I could do without that. She's like the diet because the diabetes is by far, I think for me, is the easiest part to manage. So let's talk about some of that other stuff. Yeah. I guess, so-, so we can get better understanding. Be- like the diabetes is like you just manage your blood sugars, which is one thing. But because I have the the atrophic pancreas, the digestion is a big is a big thing. And and I've for the last year and a half, going on two years, I've had to have IV mag supplements. And that's been every other week because my magnesium levels just drop. Wow. And because my body can't absorb orally, I have to take it via IV. And up until last year, I was having to go to the cancer center and take it. And it's a four-hour treatment every other week. So significant time investment and, and, and cost, yeah. obviously. Also, it's yeah, not fun. IV centers are cold. Like, IV yeah, centers are you're cold. Just... You're tired. Like, does it hurt? Oh my yeah, gosh. it's not fun. And you're, and you're hooked. And I, was, and I was being hooked up to the IV, but now I have a port. So okay. another, another thing. <laughs> I, I also want to talk, like... So how how are you discovering and and I and I think this is really important for somebody who is is maybe out there listening and is experiencing symptoms outside of the diabetes that they can't really explain. How how have you gone from understanding that it's not just type 1 that it is that it is the the genetic modi mutation and like and then what are all how did how did you discover like all of the other and you and your care yeah, team even all of the for other me, treatments like when during it was like during COVID and the things weren't lining up. And I was like, why isn't this all these things lining up? And I was like, enough. And I, my, my PCP was like, I agree. Like it's, it's something, it's more than this. Jocelyn missed it when I was, they just said, maybe we should go try you off insulin and another thing. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's working because my A1C is low and I'm not willing to go off insulin like and try metformin. That's going to mess my stomach up even more. So that's not the answer. So then I left them. I was like, I'm good with you without you. And then my kidney doctor said, let's do more genetic testing in, in Rhode Island. But meanwhile, I also made an appointment with Mayo in Jacksonville. And my dad and I traveled there. But meanwhile, the test did come back for, for the genetic mutation um, in, I think it was like January of that year. And then we traveled to Mayo, Mayo in, in Florida and to run the rest of the tests because also I had hyperparathyroidism too, they discovered also, because that's also connected to the gene mutation. So you've mentioned a couple of really big name like health systems, like Jocelyn Diabetes is like the, the diabetes, you know, name. Missed. Uh, and they missed it. So like, right, you know, even if, if the authority and diabetes missed it, then like, obviously this is a very like unique and special case. Then going down to the Mayo Clinic, 
as well, which is, you know, when you think of healthcare in general, that's one of the few names that pops up. And then also getting other tests from the kidney specialists. Like how, how are you managing all of these different appointments, all of these different relationships, like prior authorizations, insurance, I, I like how Island too. So it's like even all of Boston, it was like a day here, a day here. And then my kidney doctor isn't in Rhode Island either. They're at, they were at Tufts. So it was Tufts for, for kidneys. MGH is where I was going for, for the stomach. And Jocelyn was diabetes. And then I cut out Jocelyn for diabetes. So I was like, I'm done. So now I just do Tufts for diabetes and they, they're going to manage the PTH and 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 I'm my, I have my GIs in Rhode Island because I'm I'm done. I had to minimize. Well, and and thinking through that too, like traveling a lot, like so in Texas, it's three hours to the closest city. So we, you know, we stay, you know, the, that state. Like if there are different hospital systems, we can navigate yeah, those. Yeah, I mean, but Rhode, like Rhode Island, Island is like literally the smallest state in the Commonwealth, right? So you're you know you're going to the across state lines. Does that cause any trouble with your coverage? Like. Also, like asking for time off, like you're a teacher. So I have, I had filled out for F, like fam, family medical leave and you can FMLA. do, yeah, and you can do intermittent mm -hmm. family medical leave. And that's I the biggest also, hack ever. That is intermittent FMLA for people who are in a school system that used to be in the school system is the biggest yeah. hack ever because they give you a, yeah. a bank of hours, right? And then you can just take them weekly, you like if you need five or... My yeah. doctor comes out for me every year, which me I have too. to do it again. <laughs> it's only for a certain amount of time. So I have that bank that I have. I can use it forever. And plus, I've been teaching for 20... This is year 21. So I have like 46 days. Even with me going out on shoulder surgery, I had my rotator cuff sur surgery last year. And I'm still, I still have 40 days. So I try. But you, but you still have teacher insurance. So that was going to be, yeah. so be my next question is like, I used to be in the school system. My mom's a teacher. I know that it's not necessarily the best plans and the names that you're mentioning. Like, I can only imagine how expensive it is. I have, I have to say I have Blue Cross and okay. they have, and they have, they have good, I have good. I have good coverage. Which and is you got good. it through your school system or did you? Yeah, I've, I've always had them from all 21 years wow wow they have good they have good 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 insurance also so I'm amazed that you've been teaching for 21 years because i thought you were like 35 like the energy the way you look i'm like this i started lady. when i was 21 so i started straight out of college wow wow i did one year in philly volunteering and then i went straight to straight to providence though i don't know people are dropping left and right these days so yeah it happens yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's we're we're in sort of the hardest times like coming out of the pandemic, the hardest times to be a teacher. And, you know, a lot of there's a lot of articles, I think, of like teachers leaving who are, you know, ten, you know, many teachers who had only taught for, for many years like yourself, you know, and pursuing other you know professions and changes for a lot of different reasons. How do you talk to your students about your diabetes and about your Modi? Well, the, my kids are so little in special ed. They don't really notice. But I do get the kids in the in the in the school like the you know because they always see like my pod or my Dexcom and they they always like I, I I talk to them and and they're and they're good about it sometimes they'll see me eating like a smarty or something and like they'll say something and like but 
they're, but they're but they're good about it. And then this year, last year for the first time, we had a type one in the school, and it was pretty it was pretty cool. She was a little first grader, and I brought her some stickers and stuff and and a book. And she was my little buddy. And like sometimes she would come into my classroom when when she, when when she was having a low and stuff like that, like to cheer her up. Like her teacher would send her down, like if she was having a bad day, because she just got diagnosed like the summer before. So it was it was it was nice to have like she like she was nice having like a teacher in the school because that was the first kid in twenty one years that I've experienced like in the school. Like I mean, obviously run I mean, I know type of kids, but like in in my school wow we actually just had mary type one from you know tiktok and instagram mary oh yeah, yeah came on and, and talked about how she's never had a type one student but last year she had a student in her school who had type one and kind of came by her office sounds very similar like treating a low and just talking about her diabetes and you know sharing uh, their devices with each other it's so impactful i think you know just to be yeah, able she was to so cute i brought like the little st stickers from luke pot time pancreas and she was like She's all excited and she'd come in and show me the ones that she picked out and put on her on her little device. It sounds wanna... so healing, not just for the kid, but also for you. But anyway, sorry, Rob, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, you know, you mentioned Lucas part time part time pancreas. I, I would consider you one of like the best, like biggest, most avid supporters of all of the different like diabetes creators mm. and like diabetes projects like you are. You buy T-shirts, you rep, you rep the merch, you, you show up to the events you participate in the different programs like you are just like a foundation of support for people with diabetes when did you like find the diabetes community and like how did you like how do you find the time and energy to be so passionate and involved i started pretty quickly right when i right when i got diagnosed i found like diabetes sisters through sarah and she was in boston and i was in rhode island and i went to like a yoga class with her and then i started the doing diabetes sisters rhode island i had i stopped doing it for a little bit i i'm right after the pandemic but we're gonna start up meeting again for now and i'm the chapter leader for rhode island and i was just talking to a friend of mine whose daughter and son just went to our rhode island diabetes camp and she was saying that there's a disconnect in rhode island for like little kids so we're talking about she's a she's an early childhood teacher and her daughter's diabetic getting something going locally for for the kiddos around here like during the year because there's like a gap they go to camp one summer and then they're like they miss each other so we're yeah. trying to get a little something for the you, kids you, going rob like asked the question but i'm gonna double down do you have burnout you do so much like you have the motive uh, all this like, stuff going I, on like that's what gives me like like I'm getting burnt out from real teaching right now, like with everything that's going on, not my kids, but like just administration stuff. So when I do this, like I do like my creative stuff, like with like making diabetes t-shirts, my cricket and with my girlfriend, like we like to do stuff like that. Like, like I rather like that's the stuff that I enjoy. So like this is like creative avenues that like I like, like. It's like relaxing. Like if I get away from teaching, it'll probably be something like in the diabetes space, like in a few years. Like, I don't know if I can teach forever. So if I can't, it's going to be something like in diabetes for sure. 
Rena, let me ask you this because this is something I've thought of for for a long time. And early in my career, I gave this advice to younger people who worked with me because they were like, Rob, it seems like you do so much. Like, how do you find work-life balance? And to me, that work-life balance, sometimes like if you put a lot into your work, which it sounds like you do with your teaching and with your kids, I think you have to put that same amount of energy into not work, into your creative passions or into your community passions or exercise or whatever that looks like for a person. So that you're not just sitting at home kind of waiting and like being dormant, like, because then you'll feel the real imbalance, especially if you're putting a lot of impact. But that can also lead to like, you know, my sister says like the brightest candle burns out the fastest. <laughs> so how do you, you know, how do you find that sort of balance for yourself, like personally and professionally? I think like right now is just, it, it's just a little give and take. Like right now, I know because of some of my health stuff, I can't run right now. And that for me, it was like a big loss. So I think putting my efforts now into creative stuff is what I'm doing to just keep myself busy because I like to work out. I like to do all those things. So like not being able to do that is is hard. So it's like doing this right now is helping me. Not being able to run is hard. Not because that's a, that's the loss that Modi has, has taken in the last like year with not being able to figure out the dehydration stuff. That's like, that's the hardest with the, the dumping syndrome part of my condition. That's the hardest part right now is just trying to manage that. So I think the, like, the creative part is like, is the balance. Well, thank you for being so like open and vulnerable about that too. Like having something that you really love and really need and, and are passionate about being taken away from you even, you know, maybe it's not forever, but for right now, like having to kind of grieve that and, you know, using creativity and using the community to, to kind of fill that, that void. I want to, I want to ask you, cause you mentioned it earlier, you know, about like diabetes sangha, like mindfulness and meditation, you know, you seem like, like me and Eritrea as well, like a very type A kind of like a tough person, like a person who, you know, gets up and gets after it. For me, I know it took some you know, really deep, like inner work to kind of disconnect from that identity and really look inward and like focus on things like breath work and meditation. Like how have those things and, you know, being involved in diabetes sangha, like how have those, you know, what have those given back to you and, and helped you grow? For me, it's been a sense of calmness and even like routine. Like I enjoy like ending my night doing that. And even if I can't do it at that time, like I'll, I'll put on like one of the videos from YouTube from Peter or something like that. And even if I can't do it like in that way, like I'll put it on and I'll, I'll, I'll do a walk around the neighborhood and do a walking meditation just, just to get that, the sense of calm. It, it just brings my whole day down with, with the rush and bustle of school. It's just like, it, it's just my way of like totally disconnecting be like, all right, school's done now. Like I'm not going to laminate. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to breathe and disconnect. So like my ADHD going, going personality, it'll just like bring the whole thing, my whole mood down. It's fascinating how impactful it can be. And I think, you know, something I've been talking about a lot lately is that unfortunately, all the things that they tell you to do, you have to do them in order to get the benefits and you have to slow down and you have to focus on your breath and you have to go for a walk and get the sunshine on you and, and really kind of disconnect from our sort of always on hyper-connected society. And, you know, I think that can be one of the challenges with social media is like, 
that yes, there's all this positive community and yes, there's all these amazing creative projects that we can be involved in, but also we have to make sure that we're not just mindlessly consuming things that are making us upset or things that are causing us more anxiety or kind of like you said, tapping into our ADHD brains a little bit. And, you know, it can be, it can be challenging to, you know, to consciously intentionally say, no, you know, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to tap into one of Peter's YouTubes instead of just, you know, seeing what the algorithm delivers to me. Let me ask you this, your journey diagnosed, you know, with, with diabetes and, and, and then going on into the different genetic pieces and going to different providers all over the country is challenging. It's not linear. And I'm sure has been with lots of moments that were really frustrating and really challenging. If you could like go back and, you know, to either tell yourself or somebody who is, you know, recently starting to undergo their journey with Modi and learning about, you know, genetic mutations and, and how that affects them. Like what, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, on day one? I would just say, just advocate for yourself. And if you need help, get it, talk to someone because you're going to need someone to, to talk to because it's a lot. There's going to be a lot of information and whether it's a therapist, whether it's a priest, whether someone, you're going to need someone because you're going to take in a lot of information. And you didn't need someone to, to, to bounce everything off of and get a notebook and write everything down. And it seems like you, you know, you're, you found a lot of someones, you know, you found, and like in the community, you've also been someone, I think, you know, even back, you know, when I first remember kind of interacting with you on the live show that we did during 2020, which is also where I really got to know Eritrea a little bit more, like that was, um, you know, somebody who like, you know, like being, being the change that you sort of wanted to see and, you know, being the the friend that you needed to others and being the supporter that you needed. And I think that like returns back. So I just wanted to, you know, really give you, you know, your, your flowers of, of being just a great supporter and a great example of what it means in the community, because a lot of people talk about community and they, they talk about growth and they talk about followers or whatever the case may be, but community is like giving to and from each other and like how we can help each other, you know, continue to either just, just to manage this disease or to make life a little bit easier or just be a sounding board or an ear to listen or a shoulder to, to cry on or a hand to hold. So I just wanted to really compliment you on being an amazing friend and community member. Thank you. So it's definitely uh, important to get support, support is from the beginning. So with that in mind, like how many, how many people with Modi have you met online? And like, because of, because of being like sharing your story and like raising your hand and saying, Hey, I, I live with this uh, genetic uh, mutation of diabetes and I want to meet more people like myself. We've, we've had a couple of meetups, maybe 25, 30 people like, like they like met and talked to Kylie and I and Jesse. We've, we've had a, a couple of meetups with maybe 30 people total, but probably about a hundred people like reached out at different at different points like met different messages some people went, that had the full gene delete uh, somebody from switzerland recently that had the a full that had a child with the full gene mutation that i have the same the full 17q deletion what does that feel like to be able to meet somebody you know even all the way across the world in switzerland where yeah it's we- pretty cool to have somebody like that like you can cut that that is going through it that has like the same or similar needs that 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 is not just type one type one is one thing but it's like it's interesting when somebody has 
some of the same unique challenges that you that you face every day. I, I just am so kind of blown away by how fortunate we are, like how the odds, A, like the odds of, you, you know, you look at, if you look up Modi, you'll see like one of the first things that they talk about is how rare it is. Uh, and then you think about all of the things that had to go right and all the things that had to happen for that person to be able to find you and all the stories that each of you had to opt into and like technology that had to exist. Uh, it's so like, and it has such a huge impact to just to be and able to mine, say, hey, like, I guess I was looking at mine and mine is even rare. Mine is like 5% of the 5% of the, of all the Modi's and mine is 5%. Like, that's right. Right. So like, that is like more, you're like more likely to get hit by a bolt of lightning than to yeah. be able to meet <laughs> another person like you. Right. So I just think that that's something that, that continues to reinforce what we've talked about a lot on diabetics doing things, which is your story matters no matter what it is. And if you want to meet someone who knows at least a little bit or exactly what you're going through, the best way to do that is to share your story, to be a good community member, to be a good friend. And and I, I hope that you know more people are able to connect with you guys in the Modi community. And we're going to do a, a better job of making sure that we that we speak to the Modi diabetics who are out there because, you know, it's not as simple, very similar, like you talked about with Maya, with the type three C community, it's important to make sure to address all the different variants of diabetes outside of just type one and type two and LADA. And the more we learn and the longer uh, we continue to research diabetes, we learn about all of the different variants and all the different things that go into this very complex life with a chronic illness. So Rena, tell us uh, where to find, I, I know you've got, you've got an Amazon wish list for your, for your school list this, this year on your Instagram profile, Rena, the rock hard diabetic, which we'll include in the show notes, as well as in the posts, anything that you're working on that you'd like to plug? No, not right not right now. I'm just going to, hopefully we're going to get some stuff going with the, the little kids community. That's, that's my next thing that I'm going to be working on. In a, in a, in a couple of weeks, once I get back to school, I'm going to work with my friend. Now I got another person to help me, and then I'm going to be getting some meetups with the um, local Rhode Island community going too. So we shall see more to come with the new school year approaching. Absolutely. Well, hey, from Texas in Rhode Island, we're jealous of the of the cool weather that you guys are having right now because it's again. Well, it was up. very hot. I did. Just recently escaped the Maui fires. That was not. Oh my a, god! Really? Yeah, we were. Wait, in, wait, wait, wait. This is a great. This is a crazy sidebar. So you were in Hawaii while this was happening. Yes, yeah. So we were, we were in Maui, like right in, like right there. We, like our hotel mm. was. We escaped at three forty-five. That was. When did everything I, happen? When did every like I? I've been on vacation on five. Tuesday, but like on the Tuesday of the of this thing that. The next, we had lost power the day before, and then at three forty-five in the morning that day, we got evacuated. That was a nice sidebar throwing all your diabetes stuff in the in your in your suitcase and trying to escape and grab all your stuff. No access. Good thing I had like my snacks and everything with me because I had no access to food or anything other than what I had with me. Oh my goodness! So they evacuated you guys out of. I know, like it's North Maui. Like, that Lahaina. was like yeah, Lahaina. We right, yeah, Lahaina. We were, Lahaina. We were right there. Our our hotel was on the on the beach. Oh my gosh! We were we had been in Hawaii for a week and a half at that point because we had we had been at Waikiki, like at Disney's private island before that, 
And then we went to Maui. We had traveled to Maui on the Friday. And then this was Tuesday. And we were supposed to stay till, till the Friday, length Friday, till Friday. Wow. We had evacuated and we didn't listen to them because they told us to stay in the side of the road and wait a couple of hours and then, and then wait for police to tell us what to do. And we're like, no way. We drove straight to the airport. We're like, and then we were able to get a flight out later on that day. Thank God. Mm. And we, we ate non-diabetic friendly food, Krispy Kreme donuts, even though I'm, even though I'm celiac, I didn't even care. I couldn't eat. I, there was no food. I was like starving. I was like, well, eat some crayon and hope for the best. Hmm. Oh my God. There's no, and we had no food. We were like, we were like abandoned on the side of the road. It was like, it's an insane sidebar to discuss like having diabetes and the complications of being in a natural disaster, especially when you're not expecting it. Like you're not from Hawaii. This is not a place where you know where resources no, are. No, and I had like brought food. Like I, cause I knew like there were times that I couldn't get snuff, but I had like a few things. Like I didn't bring like enough food to sustain me like for like right. 24 hours. Like I had like, I had some meat sticks and like, and like I had some low yeah. snacks. Like I had, I had, I brought fruit leathers, but like, is there anything I was starving. that experience? I ate two donuts and like bolus like 10 units and hoped for the best. Is, is there anything that you think that you learned from that experience, like for other I mean, possible the disasters? One good, I mean, the one good thing was I had uh, everything, like most of my stuff were already packed in my, in my sugar, I had like sugar medical llama bag that I had gotten from my friend for my 40th birthday that most of like my pods and everything was kept in. But what I should have done, which I didn't, was I had my meds in like another bag and I should have just had all my stuff in that one bag. So like I could have mm. grabbed and go, mm. like I could have. I should have like, but so we were packing in the pitch black. Mm -hmm. There was no lights. And there was no power. Three glow sticks. Wow. And I should have had a backup. My backup battery wasn't charged for my phone. Wow. But we had Jeeps. So once we got out into the the car, we were able to charge our phones on on the, in like in that. And my friend had the backup battery. So she gave me the backup battery for my phone so that I had it that night. And I'm assuming your pump was already charged and you're not my a person pump, like me yeah, who lives with their I pump loop, not charged. Since I had gotten a new phone to, like uh, two days before the trip because my phone had broke, I didn't set up my loop. So I was I was using an old, like the, ori the, the original Omnipod with like the old PDM. So I had wow. that pump, so I didn't need to charge anything. I wow. just had the, that pump. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I know we've been, you know, sharing like the resources and, and donating to the mutual aid in, in uh -huh. Maui. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there's in LA and San Diego over last week that they were, you know, coordinating like insulin and diabetes supplies. So they were flying over to Maui on like a private right. jet. And, you know, I know that the the community on the ground there has been, uh, you know, talking about the, you know, the needs and we can link some of those in the show notes. Oh, as yeah, well. that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't realize I saw your post you know, with the, with your Maui sticker on your Yeti, but I just assumed that you were on the East coast. Uh, no, so, I was right there. Yeah. Wow. Well, again, we're thinking of and actively, you know, donating myself included to, you know, support the people that are there on the ground. And I know that it has been, send my brother back with some stuff. as, as Eritrea mentioned, it's like a, a true natural disaster, thousands of people displaced and hundreds of people that have lost their lives, unfortunately. And, you know, we're thinking of the people in Maui and in Hawaii. 
especially the people yeah. living with diabetes. I cannot imagine. I cannot. Yeah. I think though, Rena, you gave us a good, a good prompt for our next like Robin Eritrea show. We got to talk about like a diabetes go bag, like making sure that, you know, yeah. we, I, I had a fire in my house earlier this year. You know, we didn't have to evacuate fortunately, but like fires especially can turn from, you know, they can go really fast and they can turn into really dire, dangerous situations. And yeah, it made me I, even think about for my classroom this year. I'm like, mm. I always have like a few things like in my bag, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make like, I, like the kids have their, like the kid at, in our classroom has like a diabetes kit. Like I need to make like a kit for my class and like just have all my stuff. Like if there's a lockdown, something like that, like right. I could be yeah. at the gym. Like I, I should make myself like I should be prepared too. And and I'm a person who typically goes on like vibes, you know, I, Me too. I you know, yeah. uh, and yeah. I, you know, you know, to make sure to be more prepared. That's something that, you know, I, I always talk about is like diabetes really just adds one extra step, but Sometimes you got to think about the extra steps that you don't want to think about. Like, what if we lose power? What if we lose refrigeration? What if I, what if I left my supplies because we had to evacuate the building fast? All of those things, uh, you know, we need to try to be as prepared as we can for. This is how I know we're getting older. Cause it's like, I ask myself questions like, what if the plane crashes? What if the building blows right? up? Like the stuff I never, cause I had diabetes when I was eight and I've never worried about mm. this stuff before, but now I'm just like, oh my God, natural disaster. Now, I know. The guy was like, oh, because I, I I even put some of my insulin in my school fridge. I'm like, well, if I lose all my power here, I have some some of my backup insulin in my school fridge. You're like, well, and we're we're in the season right now with I I know Beyond Type One a few years ago did like a natural disaster preparedness blog and like list of of some things and like resources. But, but you know, it's hurricane season. There's a hurricane on the east coast and and the west coast today, which you know I've seen a lot of our friends with diabetes posting about. So. No, just when you think it couldn't happen to you, you know, there's a hurricane in Las Vegas. So it's like, you know, you never know where things are, you know, how things will change. And, and you know, you got to be ready for, you know, in a lot of ways, the worst case scenario. So, well, anyway, Rena, I, I know that we, we were kind of wrapping up and then discover that, that, uh, you know, natural disaster, sidebar. you know, the sidebar, but I'm glad we had that discussion, but thank you so much again for, for coming onto the pod and for, you know, really being the rock hard diabetic for all of us and, and showing that, you know, being a powerful advocate for yourself really can, you know, have dramatic effects. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Hey, and this was your first podcast. You've officially done at least one. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys.